Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you? Not well. Um, we'll get to it. But um, otherwise, I'm fine. I'm very tired. I have not slept very long. It is 9 a.m. on a Friday. Spoiler alert. So I will either be extremely like rational with like really great quick thoughts or I might say obnoxious things as per my background that I've chosen for today. So I will let you know. But otherwise, I'm over- overall, I'm fine. I'm, uh, I'm getting back into theater, which I, of course, love dearly. Yeah. Um, so I went and saw, when did we talk last? Did we talk on Monday? No. No, because Monday I was at my theater's announcement. Did we talk on Saturday? Did we record? Did I talk about Bad Cinderella? No, we recorded before you saw that. Because remember, I, I answered your Snapchat and guessed the Correct. stage correctly. Yes. Correct. Yes. I, uh, I, play, I play this game with everyone. Every time I go to a show, I like mass Snapchat people. I'm like, what show is this? And sometimes it's like super easy. Like, I think Moulin Rouge is like the easiest one to guess. Wicked. Um, Wicked. I was like. I mean, Wicked is very easy, but it doesn't say it. But I think Moulin Rouge is like says it or something oh company company was the one that just like says company company beetlejuice (laughs) beetlejuice's pre-show curtain also says beetlejuice like right which Uh, you haven't seen but i haven't right yeah it's fine we'll bring we'll bring that up every episode it's okay um but uh no so i saw bad cinderella and everything you've heard about it is fair the stepmother who's played by uh carolee carmelo and the stepsisters and the wicked, not the wicked queen, just the regular queen. Yeah. It's a different story. Um, incredible. Absolutely wonderful. Lynette's singing voice, very unique and wonderful. The rest kind of falls by the wayside. Good. Um, good, good, good. It took me too long to realize that the song they chose for their, like, their hook song that, like, ran over everything, their overture, was uh, In My Own Little Chair. I was like why do i know this song because they don't use the lyrics obviously they changed them to fit the show yeah and i kept singing it i was like oh this is sketchy what song is this no one else was like did you just ask me that <laughs> it's, fine. Yeah. it's fine um but yeah so i did that um in a real real different turn of events um tonight i'm going to see leopoldstadt which is gonna okay. be devastating but apparently yeah. very good i've only heard good things about it but I also heard that it's two hours and 10 minutes with no intermission. So, and it's sad. So I'm very, I'm, uh, on, you know. On Monday, I was at Shay's season announcement, mm-hmm. um, which I'm actually, I have a lot to talk about to, on this episode. So I'm saving my Shay's season announcement information for our next episode. So you're going to have to wait another hour to find out. Um, but another one, four days. I have to wait an hour. You have to wait another four, four days. Four days. Um, but I will say, they were talking about the shows that are left in this season, and they said that Shea, uh, Six is only an hour and 20 minutes, or it's with no intermission. And all of the old people in the theater were like, <gasps> Six is not an hour and 20 minutes. They are liars. It's like 90 minutes. It's so fast. No, well, an hour and 20 minutes is 80 minutes. You said 100, well, you mean 120 No, oh, no, one hour and 20 minutes, not 120 minutes. Oh my God, you're so, this is, that's why I have coffee yes. in my hand. Yes. Yeah. So it's 80 minutes, no intermission, which obviously Elizabeth and I knew, and I'm excited. And 
but it's also like it's a super short show and you don't yes. even know the time flies it's incredible yeah but the rest of the audience was just like mm. and i was like drink more wine before like i don't know what to tell you they're they're only upset about their intermission cocktails like let's be honest i mean that's where i am because i know the second half is supposed to be sadder so i was gonna prepare accordingly and now i can't um i mean i can still prepare accordingly but just all at one time not in stage yes yeah Um, my last exciting theater news so i'm like in with the hudson crew now the ushers and stuff and um, they had one of their birthdays there last night. And so I got to take this really big group picture with them. It was super cute. Um, oh, they might be yeah. listening. So Hannah, who yeah. is like one of our fans, she's great. Um, she drugged me in. It's okay. Um, that was cute. But um, also, my one of my favorite people, Marchant, is back on Broadway. And he was in Ain't No Mo. And we became okay. like super besties. And I love him dearly. Yeah. And he came in last night and he was like, oh my God, it's my girl. And I was like, oh my God, did you? Like, and he like ran up and gave me biggest like, he's a good night Oscar. So he's back at the Belasco. I had no idea. Oh, I love and that. that. Start tonight. I didn't know he was there until yesterday. Oh, I'm very excited about that. So I've had a couple of rough weeks at the bar to really run me down into the ground, including Tuesday's crypto bro night where I had over 50 people by myself who worked in crypto after 11 p.m. And, absolutely uh, not they were all rude they spilled water on me like they knocked my trays over it was it was not a good day um no. so I had a lot of those kind of days and last night it was just my theater people and it was like my new circle guy it was my um i guess he's now my good night oscar guy um i'll always think of my no more guy because that's where i saw him first yeah and then hudson crowd i was just I love that. So now for what people really want to hear about, not my theater nonsense. How are you? I am so good. So first of all, I have some show and tell. I favorite. My favorite. This is my new coffee mug. Um, It says there's no place like and then the home symbol, the earth symbol in the That's middle. So, I can't even see the words on it. So I couldn't see that. I could just see the no, symbol. And it's so cute. so cute. And it matches my nails because I got my nails done to go to Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Comic Convention. Where I met Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> I'm so, uh, I'm so jealous. Right. This, this happy old um, man. He is the happiest old man. And also we have a, a headcanon um fan theory. Um because when I got I did not so I did not plan very well for this Comic Con because I'd never been to this particular one before. I didn't know the size or anything like that. And I decided to go to a panel instead of getting in line for autographs with Richard Dean Anderson because it was a panel that I wanted to see, but I should not have done that having only been there for the one day because it was bananas yeah um so i did not actually get to get an autograph or get in line and talk to him so the only time i got to talk to him was during the photo op which was sad um but i still got to meet him so got to talk to him he when i got there for the photograph he literally just goes oh there she is and gave me the biggest hug and i lost my shit because did you cry i, mean, I would have cried um 
Brie was like, oh, I saw your picture of Richard Dean Anderson, and I didn't realize how bad your bruise on your face still was. I go, oh, no, it's still bad, but that's the other side of my face. That was my makeup cried off of my face. Um, um, But so while freaking out about him saying that he knew me and squeezing my hand and giving me the biggest hug in the world, um, Brie goes, oh, my God, what if he recognized you because he watches the podcast? And then I just decided, I just decided that that is true. And he knows yes. who we are and he loves us. So hi, Richard Dean. Um, I love you. Hi, Richard. I love you too. I know we didn't meet in person, but. Um, I cried so much and was so happy. And he was so nice that Dan literally goes, if you need to break up with me and go marry him. And when he dies, come back. That'll be okay with me. I love that. <laughs> Um, but that's not the end of the most exciting things that happened to me because also while we were there, because it was my birthday trip, Dan, who, um, got me this Ahsoka Tano hoodie sweater that I really, really wanted for my birthday, decided that was not enough. And he also got me my very own Zap gun. And it's a resin model that I have to like sand and paint. Um, but so it's not finished. And I also have not quite figured out how to hold. I think you hold it like this. I'm like, I have to, however you want to hold. I'm like, I have to watch them again because I can't figure out because this is the shooty end. Right. But like my hand naturally goes like this, but then you're shooting at your phone. Right. Sure. So, um, it's on the day how you should hold it then. But so, yes. So I have a new I love it. And a Zach gun. Oh, and there's more. This one you don't even know about yet. Okay. Okay. So, as you know, I'm going to the UK this summer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for a wedding and to see London um, with my boyfriend. But in the time frame of us being there, there happens to be another Comic-Con that I bought tickets for yesterday. Don't. Do not. Because I'm meeting Amanda Tapping in July. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. So- Wait, when in July? When in July? I may be July, going to July, July 7th. I may July be going 7th. to July for work. Because I'm going, the, I bought the tickets for the Friday for July 7th, and I bought the photo up, and I'm meeting a man. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. We should absolutely see if we're in the UK at the same time. But um, I'll be in London-esque area. Our office is, like, I think right right inside of London or right outside of London. Oh. But um, yeah. that is insane. Uh, and I told the thing was Dan we were trying to figure out what the most economical way of going to the UK was and his family that is going is going the week before the wedding mm-hmm. but then I waited till I wasn't with Dan and I was on the phone with Brie talking about our travel plans because Brie is my travel agent um, and I go so we want to do this the cheapest way possible and if it absolutely like changes the price by like a thousand dollars Obviously, I want to go before. But the weekend after the wedding is the Comic-Con. And Amanda Tapping will be there. And Brie goes, oh, I got you. So she set up our itineraries to not leave till after the Comic-Con was over. Dan just goes, did she literally do this so that you could go to Comic-Con? I was like, yes. (laughs) And he just goes, you haven't met Amanda Tapping before. It's for the podcast. I am not angry. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's for the podcast. That's the reason. That's the only reason. <laughs> ah, I yep. love that. So, it's safe to say I've always been a huge Stargate fan. I've always been obsessed with these people. But it's safe to say I've now reached problematic levels of energy. <laughs> I mean, it would have been problematic if it was $1,000 more and you said, yes, we're doing that still. So, I don't know that you're quite there yet. I still think you have some room to grow. Well, and but. also, like this, this Zap gun that he bought me, I could have spent, a, we could have spent $100 more to have it already pre assembled and painted. And I didn't. I got the cheaper one. Yeah. But that's also like part of the fun, isn't it? Like, I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. But yes, um, yes, say it that way instead. Where you <laughs> Doug, Doug just goes, Doug just goes, oh, it was only $100 more to not do the work. I definitely would have spent the $100. So I was like, okay, Doug. Same. Same. Um, who Doug is also mad at me because um, on Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday he goes, "Well, since we're all actually off of work this week and I don't have anything going on, maybe this week I can finally be on the podcast with you." And I go, "We're not recording tomorrow." He was like, "I swear to God, at this point, I think you just hate me. I think you're just trying to not let me be on the podcast." I was to live, Doug. I was like, I was like, Courtney has a very busy schedule. And it was for work. I had to go to a show for work, which I ended up being great. I didn't even mention that, but it was great. Good. Um, good. Yeah. She's Andrea Von Campen is like super cool. Unless you're trying to sign new artists and then she's terrible. Please don't go look at her until after we hopefully scoop her up and then you can do whatever you want. But um, yeah, I'll tell Doug we're recording in two days time. So yeah. <laughs> We'll be back, and it'll be a Monday. We'll be back, and it'll be Monday, and he can do it. Yeah. So, but um, now that all of everything about me is just joy, can you add to my joy with some spiritual affirmations? Yes, I was not thinking that. I did. I did prepare for that. I just you just were like, "What the hell segue is she trying to make right now?" Well, my mind went to a very different dark place because I thought we were going to talk about the podcast. Let me talk about the show. Oh, Courtney is struggling today. Let's see. I forgot which one I wanted to use. Well, this one feels. Um, I'll do this one. Okay. Um, I taught myself confidence when I walk into a room and feel scared to death. I tell myself I'm not afraid of anybody, and people believe me. You've got to teach yourself to take over the world. Hell yeah. I love it. I'm going to take over the world one Comic-Con at a time. So it seems. So it seems. I'm just going to take over the world. In general. In general. Perfect. Well, we are talking. Before before we get started, I would like to note that I um, I am wearing black and very somber for the death of my appreciation for Stargate and how I have to quit the podcast. And this is my final resignation again, where I <laughs> will have to step away forever now. Until Thursday when we come back, because she's running the podcast. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm only quitting the, the Stargate portion because okay. I'm at Stargate. Well, You'll see why in just a moment, uh, because today we were talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 10, Forever in a Day. 
one's rated 7.3 stars. Wrong. <laughs> no. 2.5. Like it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I understand the emotionalness, but it's a very well done episode. No. Okay. Seven Over point. What did you say? Three. Seven point three. Yes. Okay. I think that's Number fair right. because it's. I. I think it's fair because you think it should be lower. I think it should be higher. We'll settle in the middle. I think it's fine because it's more plot. I'm concerned about the uh, the visuals are actually very well done. And- right. No. Yeah. Visually. A visually storytelling. It was interesting. The plot itself, like, caused you to be angry, but it wasn't, like, nonsensical, if that makes sense. I, I have feelings. We'll get there. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, it came out on October 8th, 1999. The number one song was Heartbreaker by Mariah Carey featuring Jay-Z. I went um, Heartbreaker by What's- Pat Benatar. By Pat Benatar, yeah. But then also it's 99. So Correct. I'm with you now. Uh, the number one movie is Double Jeopardy, um, which is a crime thriller featuring Ashley Judd and Tommy Lee Jones that I... So I, the, I, haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but basically like this woman is in trouble for killing her husband, only she's 98% sure her husband's not dead, and but she can't investigate because she's already in jail for killing him. And... It feels like it'd be super up my alley. I just have never seen it. I think we talked about it in law school. Mm. We watched it, like really right. Like we did. We watched like pieces. Well, because that would make sense because the, the like trying to figure out what the actual like court case yeah. in that movie. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we talked about it because I'm like I'm familiar with it enough to know that it's been a part of my life, but I definitely haven't seen it. Mm, okay, um, the number one book is different than last week, but it goes back to a conversation we had last week because the number one book is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, sure. which last week we talked about the weird number of the weird like fact that that year everyone was just reading all the different Harry Potter books at once. Fair. Um, As they should be. Yeah. Um, I could not find anything that happened on this day. Um, in fact, for both this week and next week, the deep dives I went to to have anything to talk about in the news is obnoxious. Um, but this one I just kind of found a little funny because on October 8th, 1999, in a Larry King interview, Donald Trump said that he was thinking of forming a presidential exploratory campaign to decide to maybe run for president. Great. I did know that. I didn't know when it was. Yeah. It was on this day. Yeah. Um, you know, just in light of the current news, it's in light of, in light of current it, life. Um, it ties it in. I will not be talking about the current news, but um, this episode was directed by Peter DeLuise, written by Jonathan Glasner, and edited by Alan Lee. So nothing new. I do. I do tend to like Peter DeLuise's direction. I do, and I do appreciate that Jonathan Glasner, um, when he writes stories, because I think. When he writes stories, they go back to like the original characters and original story arc because he wrote the original the story. Yeah, like he wrote yeah, right. the, the um the guest, um, most of the guest stars in this episode have already been in the show and talked about. So the guest that I'm gonna talk about is uh Jason Schombing, who played uh Robert Rothford, who is Daniel's replacement, TA. 
Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, it was like was, two days ago. So I was like, who is Rob? He was in like 45 seconds of the episode, but he does come back because he's a character that like worked with Daniel outside of the SGC. So I figured this is his first appearance. Might as well talk about him. Um, sure. Except for that, he has literally nothing. Um, he was known for Time Cop, The A-Team, and Watchmen. He mostly does the Hallmark movie movies. movie or TV show A-Team? The TV. Uh, the the movie A-Team, the TV show Watchmen. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, he mostly does Hallmark movies these days, but his son is also actually an actor. His son is like uh, 15, um, but he was in the Watchmen show as well. He was in, um, what is that one? Tiny, pretty things or whatever. Or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That thing. Things is it that what it's called or something? Some, or? I don't know. Some show that's on Hulu that it's I based haven't off seen. A book. I haven't watched yeah. it either. Um, and he's in Ben and that, and so he is. I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah. Um. So now there is nothing left to talk about except the episode. Great! Can't wait. So we start. On a field that is just littered with Jaffa bodies. We're, like, constantly starting with dead people. Like, I feel like the last, like, three episodes have been, like, everyone's dead. Here's your episode. So we had a couple that were just, like, here are trees. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we have trees or dead people. Those are your options with Stargate. Yeah. Um, so as the team comes in, they're going to liberate a cage full of people. Um, it turns out that these kidnapped people that are in this cage are the Abedonians and Kasuf is the one who called them. Um, and he tells Daniel that the boy has been taken up to the fancy tent by Shari. Um, and if you remember my teaser from the last episode of what I, I like to give a little teaser as to what is coming up next um, as mostly a fun game for Courtney to try to figure out what on earth I'm talking about. Um, Which is why I've been on edge for a week and a half now until I watched yeah. it. Um, I, uh, I, I I did kind of tease that this would definitely be a Shari episode. Yeah. Um, 100%. No doubt. Oh, when was it? <laughs> Twas. Twas indeed. So, um, naturally, Daniel runs to the tent with no cover, despite the fact that there is a full-on war happening around him. Sure. Um, and they get attacked. Um, it's a trap and a fucking ambush of like a billion Jaffa men attack them and there are just like SG people dying and it's it's obnoxious. Yes. It's just a bloodbath. Uh, yeah. So like while the rest of the team is fighting off the Jaffa, Daniel goes into the tent to ask Shari where the boy is. And she tells him that he is hidden from both Daniel and the system lords. Um and she attacks Daniel. And uh, he's like, Shari, please don't do this. And Amuna is like, Shari can't help you now. Yeah. Um, and then Teal'c enters. Teal'c enters the tent, sees this all happening, pulls out his staff, aims it at Shari's face, and then we get the credits. It was and a... If, if you weren't already, like, the fuck... <laughs> is going on um and also in terms of storytelling that is the last moment of the episode 
that happen? <laughs> kind of. It's very confusing. It's very confusing what is real yeah. and what is not real. Yes. I'm 90% sure that's the last real moment of the episode until the end. Until the end, okay. Um, I think there there's one little section that's about like 20 seconds long that I felt like it was potentially real, but yes. Well, the way that they set it up is that after the credits, this first scene that we're going to talk about is what you think is the actual reality and then everything else ha that happens after this reality is a dream. But I don't think so. I'm 90% sure that when we go back to this moment again later in the episode of Teal going to shoot her, that's when we join with reality and everything else that happened is in his head. Hmm. Because of the way that That does the, make sense. Yeah. Because of the way that the the technology and the mind meld thing worked. I'm because I also was like, okay, so this is continuing and then I go, now we're in a dream. But then I was like, but no, no. Mm. The yeah. way the episode ends kind of makes me think that everything else is not real. Right. That's very fair assumption. So um now the inception level bullshit that is about to happen. I was literally about to just say that. <laughs> because everything from here on out may or may not be real. And which level of which which layer of the dream are we in? Who knows? And I will say, while that feels a little um outside of the scope of what I would expect from Stargate, I did actually really like that concept that they used. Well, I mean, and it's a very sci-fi concept of like it is. And it and it's and I while infuriating that we've had all this build up for nothing really, I appreciated that in order to close this story arc, they did it with an interesting episode and not just because it had moments of like genuine sadness and heartbreak. It had moments of really important um, plot and information and story to like world building. It had moments. It had a few moments of comedy because I think Richard Dean Anderson just talks sometimes. I don't think right. he was ever given a script. Um, yeah. That, that is my firm belief is that there is no script and he just says things. Um, <laughs> I can, I can agree with that. And, um, um, but so like there were moments of all of that, but also it was like a wildly fascinating sci-fi concept that you weren't a hundred percent sure what was happening until the end. And I will say this was probably the perfect episode and perfect way to handle the Share send-off. Yeah. However, it should have been season two, episode one. Sure. Two, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I think oh. it took away from, for me, it took away from the emotion that I wanted to feel about Share because they drug it out so long. And then they were mm -hmm. like, you haven't seen Share in a year and a half, like in our watching time. And here's Charay and now she's gone and it's like yes so well written and like enacted mm -hmm. that if it would have been at the right time it would Agreed. not have been 
about it at all. Oh, yeah, no. That's why I think as a standalone episode, it absolutely needs to be more than 7.3 stars. But I that I think find its placement and the frustration with its placement to be a valid reason to knock it down to yeah. seven stars. 100%. Um, also, I would like to point out that this episode did come out in 1999 and Inception didn't come out till 2010. So like this, like, um, pop culture knowledge of like dream layering and that weird concept isn't around at this time. Yeah. Did we try this in other sci-fi or not that I, not that I know of that doesn't mean it wasn't, but like, I can't think of anything like there's like weird dreams, but the layering of the, like not knowing exactly which dream, which part of the dream is a dream and what's not. I find that to be something that I haven't seen a ton of. I think that's probably accurate. Cause I mean, I'm obviously not as tied into the sci-fi world. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like it's, it makes sense that I would have missed it. <laughs> but if you also didn't see it, I think that is uh, I think that is one thing that Stargate does do really well. Like while they, you know, they take a lot of the traditional sci-fi concepts and whatnot. They also, really bring more to the forefront they're not usually discussed like the stream layering um yeah so actually so i googled like dream layering and false awakening and there is a book um from 1835 that was a russian short story that um has the author like the the narrator wake up and the the false awakening um so it's not that it like never existed Sure. Um, but also if you look at it and you look on, I'm like looking at the Wikipedia page for false awakening. Um, and the only reference, like see also at all is this. Inception. Oh, no, is an inception or a 2002 episode of the twilight zone, which is still after this. Yeah. Um, then there's the Edgar Allan Poe poem, A Dream Within a Dream, but even that is sure. is not exactly not the as, same. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if Twilight Zone didn't do it till after Stargate, I can't imagine that anybody else was doing it. And I will say that's one thing that, like, with a grain of salt, I haven't seen Star Trek or these other ones, these other sci-fi shows that people are watching. But I feel like that's one of the things that sets Stargate apart is because while it may, I mean, obviously it has the fan base, but while it may not have been the Star Trek or people are like, oh, it had similar writers. It had some of the same writers. So some of the storylines they used from like the 60s Star Trek or whatever, like it also, those are more traditional concepts they're using, whereas they also bring in this really imaginative and um, new new concept to us, I guess, sci-fi stuff that I think really sets them apart from the others. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Because I even, like, now I'm just, like, deep diving into all kinds of dream layering stuff. And, like, everything I'm finding is post-2000. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I guess my first, like, foray into it would have been the Edgar Allan Poe, you know, short story or whatever. But then... But the Edgar Allan Poe poem, even that, it's a poem. And so it's an emotional... It's not the same because it's an emotional thing of, like, the idea of, like my life still sucks. So I don't feel like I'm awake. And it's more of an emotional thing than the actual concept of like it. And I never read the Russian short story. So like, I mean, it's, it's by Gogol. So it's not like a, 
So like people One, probably have read it. People <laughs> probably have read it. It probably wasn't the inspiration for a lot of this stuff. No. Um, but yeah, like it's a huge part of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Um, but again, that book did not come out till after 99 and the TV show is very new. Um, right. It's like obviously the whole basis of Inception. But I remember when Inception right. came out, people were like, because that came out when I was a senior in high school. And it was like, I remember it being mind blowing. And I loved Inception when it came out. Like it oh, was, me too. It was incredibly done. Um, and I don't love the cast that much that they chose for it. And I still really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I and think the only looper after that, which I really mm-hmm. liked. The only thing that I can think of that has any even remotely similar elements would be um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. But it's um, not but it's, it's different. It's yet. different yeah. because it's about like memory loss, not right. like dreaming. Yeah. And but so the, the stylistically, so, I guess, but yeah, but so and even that is what early two thousands, late nineties, or I is think it that earlier was early than 2000s. that? No, no, I think it was early two thousands. I don't because that was very Jim Carrey and his. What that was when he was in his heyday of yeah, and he was like, oh, two thousand four, yeah, yeah, two thousand four. So, yeah. so I'm crediting Stargate with the False Awakening premise or. Of being taking over our idea of sci-fi, and I second it. Therefore, it's true. Correct. That's all it takes. Yes. So now into the actual dreamland. So we're at back at the SGC, and Jan Daniel Daniel Janet is examining Daniel. Not one person. No, there are um, two separate people. Um, and he can't remember exactly what happened, um, but. Jack tells Daniel that Shari is dead. Yeah. Which we kind of... Very matter of fact about it, which I get, like, probably the best way to do it, but also, like... Yeah. And he also, like... But Jack also, like... You can see that Jack does have some emotional hang-up about it because he, like, won't say what happened. Right. And then Teal'c is, like... Here... I keep hitting the microphone today. is like, here's what happened. I killed her. I'm very sorry but she was going to kill you and I had to make a choice. Um, and Daniel immediately jumps to delusional as all hell. Absolutely. Immediately. immediately. Like, without breathing. He's like, that's okay that she's dead. They have a sarcophagus. They'll bring her back to life. It's okay. I get grief. I get that one of the first stages of grief is denial. Denial. Yeah. But holy shit, does he jump real fast? Delusion. So fast. But to be fair, he's almost died like 17 times and they just keep putting it true. And and Jack, I think, like has died like three times. Right. And so like and then Tilt died in like two episodes ago. Like, so to be fair, like if you told me someone on this show died, my first reaction is not, oh, they're dead. It's oh, okay, they're dead for a second. What happened? To be fair, um, to be fair. Midway through this episode, when I realized, like, which episode for sure it was, I then went and double-checked and made sure that Shari does not come back. Right. And she doesn't. She is dead dead. Um, They still talk about her. She's sure. still... But Once I double-checked. Actually, in the very next episode, they talk about her. Um, really? We get two episodes in a row that talk about Shari? We've never had that in our lives. 
never. Um, Stargate. But, uh, but yeah, so this is, this is for sure like dead, dead because you're right. And the show, people can die and it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, General Hammond doesn't respond to that thought at all. He's just like, is he well enough to leave the infirmary? And I'm like, well, that's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Janet says, yes, she, he just needs to take a wheelchair because he can't really walk yet. Um, and so Teal'c and Jack take him to show him something. And um, Kasuf is there at the SGC. He apparently came back with them. And he's he like, have. he's family. Yeah, and he's like, oh, good son, this is the worst day for all of us. And Jack's like, or Daniel's like, don't worry about it. She's not really dead. Because he's like, is yeah. that true? And Jack's like, don't listen to him. No, he's dude. a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, dude. He, like, is just grieving. Yeah. Um. So they take him to the morgue and they show him Chari's very dead body. And he still doesn't, like, follow through, it feels like. No, he immediately just gets angry at them. And he's like, why did you bring her here? If you would have left her there and let the Jaffa take her to the sarcophagus, she wouldn't be dead. And they were like, they're like, we killed quite literally every single human on that planet. Like, there is no Jaffa left. There's nobody. Everyone is dead. Which, that's your first sign that... This might not be real, in my opinion. Kasuf being at the SGC and just like wandering around the SGC like he belongs there. I feel like that didn't bother me as much. It didn't. I felt like he belonged there. <laughs> right. In 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 retrospect, probably a sign that this is not real. But in the moment, it didn't feel weird because, like, of course, he's also grieving. Um, but the idea that the only people who survived and carried this out are Teal jack and sam because daniel was fucked up in the other room um and they killed out all killed all fifteen thousand jaffa that were just attacking them feels wrong to me well they also released the abydos people and so maybe they joined in the fight like they didn't have any weapons yeah but you know maybe they took some weapons from the jaffa i don't know say that almost none of the abydonians died but yeah. we just watched these Jaffa like blow military men up. So no Abedonians died. Every single Jaffa did die. I think that's more of a... Um, and none of the Jaffa tried to escape. That's the thing. None of the Jaffa tried to escape. Yeah. So that is one of those things where I'm like, they probably could have thought it out better. But Jonathan Glasner was like, well, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a dream. So it doesn't, it's not real anyway. Um, we're not going to find an excuse for that. See, I think I fall on the other side. I think I fall on the other side that it's not a dream, that it's the only real scene we get until the end. And that that was just an error in error in writing. That they didn't think through hard enough because they were so yeah. focused on making sure this dream stuff came out well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that it's a dream. Yeah? Yeah. And just I, I thought about, no, I literally, I wasn't 100% sure until, like, this morning. Like, I literally spent all day yesterday replaying all the scenes and how they connected to each other in my head. And I was like, I think even the first scene is part of the dream. Okay. 
because he knows she's going to die. Like in that moment in the tent with Teal'c attacking her and him dying, he knows Teal'c. He knows she's going to die. That's not a question. Right. Um, so um, Daniel is also then um, very angry at Teal'c. Um, and then Kasuf is like, I am so sad that my daughter is dead, but also like we saved everyone else. So I guess that's what we have to do. Which to me doesn't make sense because Kasuf has had a lot less time to mourn Share than Daniel has. Daniel has been chasing her and fully aware of how bad this thing is and seen her as a gold so much more that for him to be that unnecessarily angry and Kasuf to be so chill about it is why I think it's a dream because I think that Daniel in his mind doesn't know what Kasuf's grief would look like. I think that's valid because I do think um, Kasuf would not necessarily react to that. Like he's obviously has a very calm demeanor, but yes. I don't think it would be his grieving demeanor because he has spent a lot of time with Shari when she was pregnant that one time and he, she like hid out at his place. And so, like, and, dur and during the time that she was pregnant and her whole nine months of pregnancy, she was there with him as his daughter, not as Amunet. Right. So, so he, he would feel like there's more hope to save her and he wouldn't be as willing to just let her go. Right. That's why yeah. I think it, that's what, that was what finally in the end convinced me that even this was a dream because Kasuf just didn't feel real in it. He felt like, he felt like everything we've already seen of him, which means that it's a memory or a right. vision, not a, a real reaction. Either that or Jonathan Glasner just wrote him poorly. But since Jonathan Glasner wrote him to begin with, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm leaning more on the writing error side, but I can definitely see. Maybe I just like give Jonathan Glasner credit for too much. But um, I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong. Give him tons of credits, all of them. But That's this fair. felt like a, they were trying uh, something new, and so they did the best they could with the parts that they weren't super focused on. Fair. I I don't think you're going to change my mind, but that's okay. No, it's fine. I don't think you're going to change my mind, so it's all right. I'm going to put it up as a poll. On the, I just wrote down to put it up as a poll on the Instagram. Perfect. <laughs> um, so Daniel refuses to believe that Shari would have killed him. Like he is like absolutely like no, it it doesn't matter. She she would have broken through. She's stronger than that. She would not have killed me. I think you don't know things very well, Daniel Jackson. Um. And Daniel Jackson annoys the shit out of me. Truly. truly. I love him. I love him so much. He annoys the shit out of me. He's, so like, he's like your obnoxiously like unconnect disconnected younger sibling. Right. He's like he's got all of the wonderful like golden retriever energy yeah. and like super like all of the good things about daniel remind me of my daniel like he's got golden retriever energy he's so smart he's into weird niche things you never have to worry about him like trying to hurt you because he would do the best for everyone all of the time but unfortunately the bad things about him are a little bit the same as the bad things about my daniel because the naivety is just bless his heart so so precious when you love someone 
<laughs> it's so annoying when you don't. Right. right. Yes. Um, so then Sam goes to check on Daniel in the infirmary and she brings some cookies and like doesn't know what else to do. And he starts getting really weird about a pen. Yeah. To be fair, it was a beautiful speech, but it felt so out of place. Yeah, it was a it was a strange one. I think I saw something about this. I don't remember like about this speech somewhere just in passing. Yeah. Like a lot of people were like, what is happening? They're like yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And it's not like when I looked up trivia for this episode, there wasn't any trivia really, so I I got nothing either. Um love that. Um and he misses Sharae and he feels guilty that he couldn't save her, so he's like focusing in on the weirdest, tiniest details, which also so so real. I've heard like so even though the Pen speech felt weird for us. So valid. Like the I guys. mean, of course. When when you're like in that terrible mindset, sometimes you just I do this, you just focus on that one thing in front of your face so you don't have to worry about the rest outside of it at that moment. Yeah. Or like you hyper fixate on things that are just yeah. like so inconsequential. You're like right. maybe if I had been able to do this one thing, like if that one time when I was seven, I had let that person like paint rocks with me and maybe they wouldn't be dead now. Like you're like, you fixate on the weirdest shit that is not even close to the situation because you don't know how else to process it. Yeah. Literally I had that conversation with my mom this week because I'm, restructuring my entire life and trying to figure out how to be a person and not like yeah. lose all of my sleep in life and she was like where does the podcast fit into this can you let that go and I was like absolutely not I was like the podcast is the one thing that does not have a direct outcome to if I can pay my bills next month but it also makes sure that I get out at least three hours a day of my head of everything else in my life and yeah. so I was like I will never do this she was like okay well, okay. well <laughs> do not bring it up <laughs> well i mean like i have um one of my close friends her little brother committed suicide a couple of years ago and when we were like young like 11 he's a couple years younger than me he's like three years younger than me so when he was like 10 and i was like 13 we were absolutely in love but it was also like puppy love he, puppy love and he was a lot younger than me and i knew that his mom loved me but it would have been she would not have been comfortable with that age gap mm -hmm. valid his I'm mom familiar. passed now I, it took me a second to guess but I, I his mom guess. his mom passed away and then mm -hmm. after his mom passed away his life went really dark and i kind of drifted from them because it was hard for me too because she was like my second mom mm -hmm. when he committed suicide a part of me was like well maybe if i had been there maybe if we had made it work he wouldn't have died but also like that's not how it works that's not how that works and dating me would have never have fixed his mom dying like that's just not a thing right. that that works but like my first thought was like maybe if i loved him better and then i'm like you are not the center of the universe ma'am <laughs> yes um, correct. so like i totally get daniel being like she was so beautiful and she loved weird things like pens and I don't know how else to feel right now. Like, I get it, but I also, like, as a viewer, was like, that was a very long speech. Absolutely. Absolutely. For some reason. Right. Correct. Um, And then he's like, okay, I just am feeling too many feelings. I'm going to go to sleep. 
Also, correct. Also, <laughs> I was going to say, also feel that. <laughs> um, so when he goes to sleep, he like falls asleep. And honestly, kind of loved the visuals of this, of like every time he like tried to sleep, he was immediately like reattacked in the face. And that's why I think all of this is dreams because it's actually him. Like that's the moment he's waking up is seeing her again. That's my interesting. Thought. Like that's like the the layer jumping into the layers is that when he goes to sleep, he actually wakes up just a little bit and sees that she's still there. I'll call Jonathan and we'll figure it okay. out. Perfect. I am um, actually follow him on Clubhouse, so maybe I can. I am on Clubhouse. I can go follow him there. Do people use Clubhouse still? That lasted what, like two weeks? Are we still doing I that? I don't know. I think people still do it, but I'm not. I I think I have an account. I don't know that I've ever used it. Interesting. Hmm. And my uncle like swore by it as being super helpful for him and his podcasting. And I just don't have the time to do that. Great. I'll do a deep dive for my business and times that I don't have to do things. Great. So um, three tomorrow or something, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and but so while Amanette's trying to kill him, he hears Shari's voice and she's like, um, hear me, Daniel. And when he opens his eyes again, she's there in the infirmary with him and Janet is like checking him and it's as if we like reset everything that just happened yeah. and now she's there. Um, so Teal tells him that he had to fire on Amunet, but this time Sam says that they took her to the Tokra who removed the Gawold and used a sarcophagus to heal her. So she's all good and she's not Gawolded and she's perfect and lovely and everything will be happy. Sure. Um, so Daniel's like... Yes, Daniel's super happy He's that she's alive and decides he must have been dreaming before. And he's like, oh, it was a dream. And Jack's like, what? And like, he's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> um, but then they, everybody's like, oh, let's give you two some alone time. So they get alone in the room. And she's like, I only came to tell you about the boy. And then she gets, like, sucked into an invisible vortex. And it's really fucking weird looking. Like, yeah. And jarring, but like not jarring, bad. Yeah, weird. I was gonna say not bad. Weird looking, yeah. like not. Oh, these graphics are awful. Just like holy shit, like meant happened. to be jarring. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then Daniel wakes up back in the infirmary, and Janet is standing there, and he's like, "Is Shari here?" And she, poor sweet Janet, is like, "I, I mean, her body is still here. Yes, we did not." take her back to Abydos yet? Yeah. Um, so, Daniel is released from the hospital and um, he goes to see Hammond to tender his re- resignation. And George just goes, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel's like, but I'm not military. And so you can't actually stop me. If I want that to felt very like at the at the bar, my boss at the bar. Yes. That's how she is when people try to quit that she's not ready for. Like I was telling her I'm ready to take off Tuesdays. And she goes, No, don't say that to me. Don't tell me. I was like, it's like tired. I'm tired. She was like, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you can't just tell me no. Like whereas my no, boss I have to work. Where, whereas my boss will randomly be like, Have you applied for other jobs yet? <laughs> To be fair, it's because she wants me to make more money than she can pay me. But, but so like I did actually, I did actually apply for another job, and I was like, just so you know, I applied. She goes, oh thank God. Yeah. Um. 
none of my bosses except me um want me to apply for other jobs running my business i'm like man it'd be really great if i could hire someone else to be me um, running like, running my business i'm like man it'd be great if i could just quit my other jobs and do this full time and make money but since that doesn't happen i have to work these other jobs and my one boss is like i never see you um tell me about your life i'm so proud of you i'm so happy for you if you ever need to quit you can but like i don't want you to work whatever you want you need to take a month off great i'm like okay and then my other boss is like please work as hard as possible this is what we need also do it somewhere that will pay you because i can't all right well with my business i'm gonna learn pr and i'm gonna skyrocket this podcast to another planet like the Beautiful. one i'm sitting on currently and um we'll, <laughs> our business will take off you can quit all your other jobs beautiful i i was talking to um Brittany and d the other day about how like i need to just like sign myself up to like speak at panels on podcasts and like get myself out at, at like on like comic cons and stuff yes. and, like, if i'm going to all these comic cons anyway i need to like figure out a way to get myself involved in them so that i can then like, like be on other people's podcasts or join webinar oh yes okay yes I'm we're gonna it. do it we're gonna do it um yes. thank you for coming to our business planning session in the middle of stargate in the middle of stargate um <laughs> Where else I? Oh, so he says he's not gonna, and he's like, I'm not in the military. You can't actually um, stop me. I'm going to um, quit. And then General George Hammond, in the most fatherly way that I am obsessed with on every level, is like, is a walking spiritual affirmation in the least spiritually um, hippie dippy way. And he, yeah, like he's he is not your vegan yoga teacher, but like he's telling you the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and exactly. And he, He's like, you should never make life-changing decisions while you're upset. Please take some time off, grieve, feel things, and then come back to me and we'll have this conversation when you are in a healthier headspace. Yes. Because Which he... Which is what I tell myself every day. <laughs> no, literally, that is my number one thing. I've told, like, that is, like, I said that to somebody once and they literally came back like a year later and told me that I changed their life. Yeah, I, mean, I almost walked out of the bar Tuesday night because of the nonsense, and I've never yeah. almost walked out of the bar in the middle of my shift. Yeah, but whenever I was coming to throw all of my soaked belongings into the closet, I was like, I could just grab my bag and walk out instead of throwing things in here. But I told myself the same thing that General Hammond said. He's like, let it let it sit for a minute. Yeah, I um, had a really rough day week a couple like a month or two ago at work and i literally was sitting up here in my studio with dan crying and i was like i don't even want to be a teacher anymore everything sucks i don't know what i want to do like ever i hate everything i can't keep living like this and i cried and i like felt everything yeah and then the next day i was just still angry still upset like but by the by two days later i was like okay we have to make some changes in how we do things. You need to take care of yourself better, but that quitting is not the answer. But like, if I had been allowed in that moment to make critical life decisions, I would not have had a job anymore. Well, I mean, that's how I am. I was like, <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, I can, I need to quit the bar. I need the hours. I need the days. And then I was like, or I could get rid of the one day that doesn't do a lot for me at the bar, mm -hmm. keep the other two days. And then I'm right. working one day that's double. Yeah. I literally was like, I, and in that moment, in all those feelings, I I didn't, 
I also needed to talk to my principal about all of those feelings, but I was mad at her in that moment. So I like mm-hmm. was not going to be able to do it. I needed to cool off before I had that conversation. But her and I turned out we were actually on the same page about the stress level. And that's why there is not a f- spring play this year. After the musical, she, she literally told me and Rachel, she was like, I don't care how you're feeling. And once you're done and you're not stressed out from a musical, you're going to be like, it's okay. Stress is always like that. It'll be fine. Let's do another one. She was like, you are not doing a spring play and it's not your decision. It's mine. Good on her. Good on her. So I was like, I don't have to worry about that anymore. That the idea of having to go back into rehearsal process was so stressful for me because I was at the worst part. I don't anymore. It's over. I'm going to do a public speaking competition with some of the kids um, and do some speech, like, like teaching them how to write speeches and say it. I hate public speaking. I mean, I know, no, but I'm sure you'll have a great time. I don't like public speaking. And that was the face, not, not the situation. Yes, but, but I mean, but that's like two, one or two days a week after school. And I can do it with like kindergartners if I want to. Like I, it's not the same nonsense. I will not be at school till eight o'clock at night, two weeks, two weeks in a row. I only stayed later than three, two days. Nice. Look at you. Boundaries, self-care. Beautiful. Very much listening to, to General Dora. Hammond. Yes. Um, um, Daniel's like, no, no, I, I need it. Goodbye. Yeah. He didn't like this is very abrupt. <laughs> I was like, this yeah. is a very strange thing happening. Um, well, but to be fair, he's like, I took this job to find my wife. I found her. She's gone. But I'm also, gone. like, yes and no. Because he initially took this job to learn about other planets. And then he well, found his wife. Well, no. To be fair, when Catherine hired him to go search in Abydos, it wasn't the SGC. It wasn't a job. It was just a one basically. Oh, that's true. And then he that's stayed true. in Abydos. And then he stayed in Abydos. And see, episode one of the show was us going back to get him. Sure. So... So he really did only take the job with the SGC to find Charay. So he's not wrong. Um, it just also, again, kind of an aggressive decision. Right, right. Um, Jack goes to visit Daniel while he's like packing up and complain about the new guy on the team. <laughs> um, and Daniel's like, he used to be my TA. Like he's my research assistant. Like he's great. He's like basically me. Um, and Jack's like, oh, absolutely not. Jack's like, oh, geek. And Daniel's like, yeah, I know that's what he used to call me. And he's like, oh, no, I, I was talking about you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so, like, how long is this going to be for? And Daniel's like, I don't think you understand. I quit. He goes, no, no, no. I know. But how long is it going to be for? Because we both know. It's not forever. And Daniel's like, no, no, it is. And he's like, but you'll you'll miss me. And he was like, what, what about constantly being bullied and chastised and like talked down to am i gonna miss and he goes valid um you're gonna miss sam and teal right and he's like i'll miss carter and um i will say if this was not 20 years later um i might would have been concerned that daniel was like leaving the show at this time like obviously it's there's what seven more seasons and spinoffs and etc and whatnot with daniel So, like, he's not, but I might would have been concerned in this moment that he was truly, like, done with the show. I mean, especially because Charay was so abruptly, like, gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I think they did a really good job of, like, faking you out on that. Yeah. Um, Because I will say, you have to remember, we talked about it last year. Season two is the only single season 
in the entire show that all five of them are in every episode. Right. So could Daniel leave? Maybe. Maybe he'll leave and come back. But like it it isn't the way that these kinds of shows are set up, that the way that sci-fi shows are set up, mm-hmm. it is not foreign to think that somebody could just like leave in the middle of the season and not come back right. for 12 episodes. Absolutely. Like, if not ever. Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I, I and I had those concerns even knowing that it wasn't true <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Was, so like I thought um, they did that really well. Um uh but and also they think uh credit to Michael Shanks for his um anger at Teal feeling real and fake at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how to say that. Like it didn't feel overacted, but it also didn't feel genuine. But that's because it wasn't because it was all dream stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like he he played that like that out of characterness, well. like the the out of characterness of it, really well. One day in seventeen years, whenever we're done with Stargate, I want to do a deep dive on this episode. I think if I did it now, I'd ruin everything for me. But I'm I so want to know what everyone thinks on Reddit and all of these places. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't do remind me in 17 years. Perfect. I will do that. Thank you. Um, so then this is the other thing. This was beautiful. This next scene, this next moment when Jack is crying or I'm sorry, when Daniel is crying to Jack, which he would, would never do unless Mm -hmm. it was, and like describes his grief and the fact that like every time he goes through the gate, that hope that Sherry will be there is now gone. And it's like walking somewhere and opening the hole all over again. Every time. I mean, it did a really good job at like outlining grief in this episode. Mm -hmm. And um, Jack reminds him that he once said that the SGC was the single greatest endeavor for the future of mankind. And Daniel's like, I did say that and it is, but it doesn't need me to do that. I've given you guys everything I know already. But it does, Daniel Jackson. It does need you. I need you. Um, so Daniel goes to leave and Teal'c stops him and asks for forgiveness, but Daniel says no and walks away. <sighs> yeah. It's so sad. Um, then Jack and Sam are helping Daniel move his stuff back into his apartment and they ask like, what now? And he says like, he's going to go on the most remote dig he can find and get far away from Cheyenne. Like he's like, not about it. Which is how he dies in all the other alternate universes we've seen. Right. Um, so Sam's like, um, can I see you again? And he's like at the funeral. So they say goodbye. And that night he falls asleep and he has the same weird vision of Shari trying to get his attention. And he rolls over in bed and Shari's in bed with him. And she tells him that he needs to go back to work and continue traveling so he can find the boy. Um, TM. Oh, what? Said the boy. TM. TM, yes. Um, And then he also, that he also needs to forgive Teal'c. Yeah. So he wakes up for real, only probably not for real. And he is alone in bed. So then we go to Abydos for the funeral. Which for sure did not happen. Um, 
because uh, they're all there. But by all there, I mean, Teal'c is not there. No one else who works with them is there except Janet, George, Jack, and Sam, all in their military dress. There are some... There are some, like, SG guards around protecting, which is fine. But, like, you don't think anybody from any of the other teams that they work closely with, you don't think... First of all, I know he's mad at Teal'c, but Teal'c would be there. Of course. No. Like, it just didn't even make sense. Yeah. They're in full military dress. Daniel is back in his, like, Abaddonian robes. And Kasuf and Daniel perform a funeral, which is very odd. Very odd. But, to be fair... This is the one piece of trivia for the episode um, that everything that they say and the way they do it is actually what is written in the Egyptian book of the dead for how a proper funeral should be written or should I be knew performed. It was gonna be, I knew it was yeah. going to be something proper like that. Yeah. That's, that's what the Egyptian book of the dead like text for a funeral is. Um, so then the Abaddonians and the uh, SG team bury her and Daniel goes to leave. But Kasuf's like, my heart is still burdened because you're not listening to her. And if you weren't sure that this was a dream before, right. you're like, oh, okay. So then Share and Kasuf like weirdly tell Daniel about the heresis and the child of the two Gaul who has all the secrets of the Gaul knowledge. Now, in the history of the show, in the year of 1999, this would be the first time anyone has heard that word heresis. It made me you think of it, so. Like the you, you and I know all about this already because of Origins, the right. movie, yes. um, and Asat's child in the movie. And um, that is one of the things that I was, when we watched Origins, and I was like, there are a couple things in here that it explains really well, but I can't talk about yet. This and the hatred of the heresis and the, the mm. why it's such a problem that Asat was trying to have a baby. Um I couldn't talk about yet because we hadn't gotten to the explanation of heresis in the show yet. Um, but so the heresis is a human because when the two guys will have a baby, the hosts are the ones who procreate. Not right. The, so it's a human, but it's a human that has the mental imprint of all of the guys knowledge. So it's possible I missed this answer and it's possible you can't tell me the answer if I didn't. Yeah. Are they not referring to the child that um, Apophis and um, Sharae had? Yes, that is that is who they're referring to. Okay, I felt like I wasn't sure if they like said that. And no, I just didn't because remember, remember, no, they did remember when um, when Apophis died. Uh, Daniel right. was like, "The kid isn't dead. He's hidden, and I know where he is." And that freaked Apophis out. Um, right, 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 right. Yes. Okay. Because Apophis hadn't seen Share since Share disappeared on oh, yeah. Abydos. Yeah. Um, so. I just felt like they kept saying, like, the boy, the boy. I'm like, why aren't they being like, my son? This is. Well, because, because Share doesn't believe it's her son. Like, physically, it's her son, but she knows that it's the son of the Amunet and Apophis. It's not her son, and, and she would never have a child without her husband. Like, right, right. That tracks, um, that um, and so they have to find the heresis and protect him and use him to get all the information because he is vulnerable 
um, and also knows everything. And that the only way to do that is to forgive Teal because Teal yeah. has the other information that he needs. Um, and then he wakes up again. I mean, this kid's definitely going to die. Probably. Yeah. Someone's going to kill him pretty quickly. I feel like Cause that's too yeah. much information to just kind of like, right. Well, that's the whole the show to go on for 75 more years. Like, um, so he calls Sam and he goes back to the SGC and um, then we have one of the few funny moments in the episode because um, the whole team is there coming back through the gate from a mission. And he asks, oh, yes. he asks Robert how things are going on the team. And Robert's like, well, they wish I was you, <laughs> um, but like, it's okay. And then he's like, I don't know though. Like Colonel O'Neill is kind of, kind of rough. And Daniel's like, don't worry about Jack. He's just um, aggressive and rude to everyone and intimidated by your intelligence. So yeah. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, and then Daniel does stop and tell Teal'c that he did the right thing. So like we have that first step oh, of, oh. yeah. That got me. Uh, uh, then Daniel asks Sam if it's possible to send a thought through the hand control devices. And Sam is like hesitant to field into hesitant to feed into his grief delusions but she's like i mean i guess technically yeah it would be possible um and then daniel just like abruptly goes home and finds jack and kasuf waiting for him at his apartment right and he's like how did you get here and he's like well we came in and he's like no like how did you get in here and jack's like oh well i broke in right oh um and Kasuf literally tells Daniel everything that sure, it's been he had just, like, that Shari had just said in his dream. Mm -hmm. And so Daniel's very confused because he's like, how did you even know that? And he's like, well, Shari told me. He's like, what the fuck is happening? He's like, go ask her yourself. And he points to Daniel's bedroom. And Daniel opens his bedroom door. And um, it's not his bedroom. It's the battlefield of the planet where all the Jaffa are dead. Yeah. Um, and so he follows Shari into the tent where she tried to kill him. And this time, instead of saying, listen to me, the voice says, come to me. Mm -hmm. um, so he wakes up and goes back to the SGC. And he goes to visit Teal'c, who's meditating. And Daniel comes in to talk to him. And Teal'c confirms everything that he just learned in his dream about the heresis. And um, they have like a moment. And then he goes to talk to General Hammond and Jack is complaining to Hammond about Robert. And he's like, yeah, the guy has two left feet. And Daniel's like, that's the same thing you said about me. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, actually, he ran the Decathlon. <laughs> and in college, he is, um, no, that's he's not. He's quite uh, the athlete. Yeah. Um, and he's like, uh, Jack's like, I don't want Robert on my team. And Daniel's like, well, is there any way that Robert would be not on your team? And George goes, only if you come back. And he goes, okay. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, that was easy. Yeah. Um, so then they go back to the gate room and Jack's like, Robert, why don't you like sit this one out? And he's like, why? And he's like, well, because you were being moved somewhere else. He's like, why? Because you're being replaced. Why? Because I'm intimidated by your intelligence. <laughs> and I was like, shut 
Oh. Um, but then Daniel comes back in and Robert's like, oh, okay, thank God. Yes. Um, so then the team arrives on a planet um, that is like hella purple for some reason. Mm-hmm. And like this was one of the few times that I was like, oh, that CGI is 90s. <laughs> yeah, we're still in the 90s. Um, and Daniel just like runs away from the planet to another planet. And they... but, Oh, that was so easy to get him back because he had different plans. Correct. He only came back so that he could freely use the Stargate without being monitored. Right. Right. Um, and then he goes back to where Shari was. And Shari appears to him in the tent and kisses him and tells him that she needs his help to find the boy who is hidden in Ken. And he's like, Kem's not a real place. Kem is the myth of where Osiris hid like his himself from Set in Egyptian mythology. And she's like, that's why you need Tilk, because it is a real place. Um so, that's right. We have full circle. Osiris is hid from Set, who is the the Seth guy, the Seth yeah. character. Yeah. Love it. Full circle. Love it. Yeah. Um and but now that he has the message. Everything goes back to not a dream. And the fact that when they walk in, when Jack and Sam walk into the tent, they are not like they specifically, and this is why I know everything up until the scene is a dream because Jack is specifically wearing something different on the purple planet than he normally wears. He has those sunglasses and he doesn't have his hat. Mm. And he looks weird because it's not real. That's fair. So then when once he has the message and everything goes back to not this weird memory dream thing, um, we see Teal'c actually shoot Aminat, Um And the Ga'ul dies first. And Share is able to tell Daniel that she loves him before she dies. And then Jack and Sam walk in and see what's going on. And Daniel, in that moment, before there can even be a fight, tells Teal'c that he knows that he had to do it and he doesn't and isn't angry. And that is where the episode ends. Yeah. But yeah, there. I really do genuinely think this was like inception before inception, and there are like little so. details. There are like little details spread throughout it that make me think everything is a dream. And I think it would be very fascinating to go into like what Reddit thinks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I did not do that because I also don't want to use that as my defense because I don't know what spoilerific information will appear. Sure. Sure. I understand. Um, I do have one thing that I wanted to share from Reddit that I didn't share with you before. Um, not because it has anything to do with spoilers, just because I saved a screenshot and then forgot to text it to you. Um, (laughs) But someone was talking about how, as the show goes on, Daniel gets more and more buff. Which is true. Like you can see even now in season yeah. three, like it it uh, it gets even more so later. But even in season three, he's more fit than he was in yeah. season one. Um, 
And someone commented, mm, Daddy DJ has always been oh, no. yummy. Oh, no. No, I hate that. I hate that so much. No, thank you. Up until we started dating, I always called Dan DJ because we just called people like TB. Like we called Teresa TB and we called him DJ when we were talking about people at work. So I called him we DJ. Do that. For, yeah. yeah. So I've always called him DJ. So when I found that thing that just said, mm, daddy DJ, I screenshotted it and I sent it to him and he was like, I can't, I can't look at Did you. Did he also <laughs> say, no, absolutely not. He said, oh, that's why you like to call me daddy. Got it. Jesus Christ, you, you, I was going to say you too, but I think it's just you. I think it's <laughs> just day. Let's be real. <laughs> um, and on that note, who do you want to punch? Um, I'm going to have some interesting answers this week. Um, I'd like to punch Daniel. Jackson. Honestly, I was going to say Daniel Jackson is the only acceptable answer because the entire episode takes place in his head. Right. So, like, even if you want to punch people in the episode, really, it's Daniel's opinion of them. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But I, I think he needed to get it together a bit. I understand no. his grieving, but it just, there were some moments I just wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, I think... I will have, I mean, I'm not going to, I can't take Daniel because you took Daniel. So I think I'm going to have to punch um, Jack, but not actually Jack. Um, Daniel's memory version of Jack, like Daniel's creation of Jack. Right. Right. He was not very sensitive, but it very much felt like a, that's because Daniel doesn't think he's very sensitive. Yes. Correct. Um, who is your MVP? So, plot twist. Also, Daniel Jackson. <laughs> I thought he was, he brought all the, obviously all the emotion of the episode, but like, just, there have been so many times that he's had to get through stuff and never, he's always gotten the raw end of the deal because I was thinking about the episode where, he had to destroy the like the thing they walked through so that Tilt could survive and all this stuff. And he just keeps having to like kind of forego his life. And now like his wife is dead and he just has to kind of like accept that it is the best option. And so while I wanted to punch him in the face, I wanted to like punch him and then give him a hug. Like it's fair. Um, My MVP is Shari because in her last moments, she was able to fight through Aminette's hold enough to give the team the information they would need to save more people. And obviously she loved Daniel and her last moments were telling him that she loved him, but she fought through and used the hand control device to get him everything he needed, not just how much she loved him. And she put saving this kid and the world and the universe before her own relationship. And so 10 out of 10. I have a thought. I'm just going to look something up for a second. Um, okay. Because I wonder. Hear me. No, no, no. It's um. So. Uh, um. No, nope, that's not. I wanted this one. Oh. No. Okay. It was not yet. 
When did they? No, when did they break up? Oh, it was before this, I thought, right? Um, they weren't together that long. I know they had a child, but like they had a child in what the beginning of the first season? Was um, that or middle first season? Yeah, no, second season. Second season. Yeah, sense of time. Yeah, but I know his wife that he is married to now. He didn't meet till two thousand one. Um, but uh, what is her name? It would help if I like knew. You can just Google Michael Shanks, and it will tell you his spouse's name. No, I know his who he's married to now. I can't remember the girl who played Shari's name. Go to our go to our uh, um, Instagram. I I shared her on there. I think it starts with V Valerie, maybe. Oh, it is um, Valerie Bandera. Yeah. Michael Shanks Valerie. I'm just. Uh, oh their relationship ended in 2000 so it wasn't they didn't okay, break up were... i was thinking maybe they killed her off early because they broke oh up. i thought they had broken broken off before things i thought it was shorter than that but i guess not I guess I no just, like... they they broke up after this yeah so oh my god so at the time that they filmed this they were still very much together that must have fucking sucked <laughs> <laughs> must have been like a like a tragic filming. Holy shit. Wow. Good for them. Damn. Props to their acting skills. Yeah, for sure, for well, sure. Mostly him. I mean, she was good too, but like good good on you, Michael Shanks. Absolutely. Well, if you also had to tragically break up with someone on TV that you were dating in real life. Please tell us because we know how oh. common that is for people. <laughs> Goodness gracious, yes. Um, sometimes I need to segue to the end credit, and there's no way to do that. Um, so, oh, if you have if you had really strong feelings about whether this was all dream layering or any of it was real, if you um, also felt very strongly like Courtney did about Shari's return to just die. Um, or you are jealous of the fact that I'm going to meet Amanda Tapping and already got to meet Richard Dean Anderson, please give us all of your feelings. I will be writing in on all of that. <laughs> um, you can do that at deathandaliens at gmail.com or on any of the social media at deathandaliens. You can follow me personally at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at cecloud13. And we will talk to you all later. Bye.